You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. All right, back at it again with another podcast from the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike. And uh, yeah, we're jumping into one. This is your pick, which is not one I really would have thought of. And I have to ask, why did you want to do trim or sorry, not trimmers? Um, Terminator 2 versus doing the original or the first one. Like why why pick I'm not one? opposed to doing the original. Terminator 2 is my favorite so that's why of the it. Terminator movies because in my mind, what's better than a robot chasing people to uh, really uh, prevent them from stopping the apocalypse? Having an awesome robot protecting you like a Mm -hmm. good Arnie with a second Terminator that's more advanced chasing. (laughs) Terminator two for me has always been the Terminator of the franchise. Yeah. It's a definite flip of the script. And if they kept that detail secret, that would have been a great, that one scene would have been a really profound scene where both of the, the monster, sorry, or the robots, show up in the same moment and you don't know which is which like that would have been a really really powerful moment to be like oh he's he's trying to stop the other one yeah like if you had a different actor besides arnie right that was playing the t i think it's a t101 i think is Mm -hmm. is the model number for arnold schwarzenegger's terminator Mm-hmm. But of course, so that, you have to bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I don't know. Do you remember going into the movie if you knew about the plot switch? Or was that moment a reveal moment in the show? Do you remember? Oh, man, as a kid. I'm trying to remember because I know I saw the first Terminator movie. And I think I remember being kind of confused, but I couldn't like I couldn't I couldn't really I don't confidently remember. say. But I remember seeing that scene and being like, oh, this is a really nice moment. If you're ignorant of what where the plot line's going. You I know? can't remember. I just remember as a kid or probably not a kid per se. I, you know, I didn't watch this one, <laughs> but a little bit older, maybe early teens or something. I remember so. loving that. And I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it probably in the, I think I saw a home but, video. Yeah. I don't think I saw it in the theaters, either. but I remember loving the growth of, of the Terminator throughout the movie. Like mm-hmm. I love, I love this idea that, oh my goodness, you can have the, and that's kind of what I love about different sci-fi, like, like uh, Star Trek with data, right? It's like this growth of, uh, you know, of, of AI where, where this robot can learn kind of the, the meaning meanings of life. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, I remember as a kid being like, Oh, that's so awesome. And then you still have the T 1000, which just doesn't get it. Right. Yeah. That's just not in, well, yeah. in there. They're, they're just set to kill. And I loved with, with that. That's why I think with Terminator two really sets home for me and why it's always been my favorite of the Terminator movies. And I love Terminator because uh, I, I love that time travel component. I love the sci-fi component mm-hmm. and it gets all wonky the further you go. In this series. Mm-hmm. I just love it. It's just wacky. But um, but yeah, I love that growth component uh, with the AI. I think that's so cool. Even with the, yeah. that new show Orville, I don't know if you've watched that at all, yeah. um, <clears throat> where it's kind of like a, a spoof or kind of play on Star Trek-like shows mm-hmm. but they have an ai uh uh a robot in that that kind of takes on that role of meaning of life and it's really really kind of interesting to me um uh, i can go more and more into that but anyways i love that about this movie yeah it definitely That's what was I remember. the part it was definitely the part because i think about i don't know 45 minutes in the show i was really like okay this is just like a chase movie but you know they got beyond when they they got away from you know the the goo monster the two, the T1000 is what you said um and got out and away that's when the movie really became interesting to me you know and and I really was like oh there's a lot more to the show because 
you've got um i'm forgetting her name uh sarah uh you know contemplating. Sarah connor. Mm-hmm. yeah santa connor you you see uh, well i i was really fascinated by the ptsd component of it right because that's one of the things that's happening in there in that scene where the two robots are facing off against each other she's having this ptsd response which was interesting and and it was interesting it was interesting to see um, which they did pretty well. They, they caricatured the doctor, the psychiatrist a little bit. I would have liked it if he would have, I think it would have been more compelling if he would have been just an innocent, instead of being a caricature of a psychiatrist, which he was in my mind, but like a sincere psychiatrist that was concerned about the psychosis of his um, client versus like, she seems kind of like a lab rat to him a little bit. I'm sure at one point he may have been, but this is also, this is also, you know, she's, she is there. My understanding, she's there as in like, she's in jail. Like (laughs) this is not just a mental health facility. This is a mental health facility where criminals go. And, and on top of that, she has attacked him multiple times. So I'm guessing at some point he probably was more caring, but after, you know, after you have a criminal attack you so many times, it's probably hard. I mean, he was really dispassionate. I guess the reason why I, I, I won't give him the grace that you are is because he was so dispassionate you know uh, with the the students and then they were all kind of looking in like like you know she's this lab rat or something like that so it just gave me that vibe um but but i but the movie got really interesting to me at, at that point as she's grappling with um you know her distress and trauma the responsibility that she feels of of the coming events and then you know, her being kind of racked with that. It was really terrifying to consider, you know, the the fallout of nuclear warfare, you know, sure. what I mean? it's, it's depicted in her dream or whatever. And that that kind of then moves her to go back and, you know, confront the doctor, sorry, not the doctor, but the scientist, you know, that essentially is responsible. And I loved that, you know, even though she shot him, you know, she's then like confronted with, you know, am I going to be a machine? Like, am I going to just be uh, a compl- not complacent, but cold, you know, murderer, even though it's, it needs to be done. But, you know, here he is a father, you know, of a family, you know, it's a really, it's just a really interesting tension to be confronted with. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot going on there that you can, you can see that she really, and, and what's so interesting with her character is she really just wants to be able to do the right thing for the yeah. entire world, right? For the right. 3 billion people that don't that survive. End up dead, right? And so she's not trying to hurt or seek revenge on any one person. Yeah. She's just trying to, but the movie actually is a lot more interesting even before that to me. Sure. I love the relationship of Arnold or the T one Oh one and the boy. And right. it starts even before that. Yeah, like it does. It, starts it absolutely with, starts to, and it, it's like humanizing mm-hmm. a robot. And I love that because in therapy, how often do we get people in that just aren't in tune with yeah. with their emotions and i feel like that's what what this t101 is 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 it takes this young child joking around at first and kind of teasing them into right. becoming more serious like i love the scene before they go to the hospital to save his mom where the, two the robot there. is like grabbing john connor and he's like let go of me let go of me and he starts yelling for those guys to come help them and then they come and the, the script flips quick yeah he's, he's about he's gonna kill him right he's gonna kill yeah. he's like, wait what and, are you doing like, you can't wait. just kill people yeah i love that it's like humanizing and and i love the growth for me it's just so cool the growth of this robot and i love even in the movie where sarah connor even recognizes the growth and she recognizes yeah. he's a better father than anybody she's brought into his life yes yeah that's a it's a really cool moment that voiceover where she's sitting they do a really nice job with the voice with her and i think it's a really cool way to portray her because she's so shut down and and emotionally disconnected because of her trauma and, and kind of teaching her son 
you know, there's a real void of like love and empathy because she's kind of hardening up, hardening him up for the, you know, the challenges to come, let's say, but it's, it's a really interesting way that they deal with that so that she's, st- we still get her voice in the voiceovers. And that's a really, I think one of the really key pivotal moments where, you know, he's working on the truck with, um, with Arnold's character with the T101 and, and yeah, there is that like questioning and, and he is the curious robot is asking some questions. Yeah. The boy is grappling with the right kind of answers and trying to find the right language, you know, like what is emotion? Cause like, I think it's, you know, his explanation of tears, I, I thought, well, well, I guess that's a, you know, I don't know how old he's supposed to be 13 year old version or whatever, you know? Yeah. 11 but, or 12, I think. Years. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever, you know, age he falls into at that point. But, um, but, but yeah, it's a really, it's a really, you know, this, it's an interesting moment where you're seeing all of that um, kind of catalyzing against yeah. the stress of the story and the ominous, you know, T-1000 robot hanging out there somewhere. And is he going to find them or whatever, which I thought to myself, Oh wow. He really wouldn't be able to find them because there isn't the technology. There isn't phones. I know. There isn't like, I thought, Oh wow. You could really be off grid then in you know the years that they're portraying this movie where you could absolutely be findable by an ai in a second nowadays. well and it's kind yeah. of funny heather had even made the comment she's like oh the, the t so she i don't think she said t1000 but the t1000 was able to find john connor's address mm-hmm. and she's like oh he just happened to be in the database and i was like oh no he pulled up because he has a bunch of juvenile right records. yeah and he and he <laughs> and was so a he just got kid. lucky yeah he just and there got would lucky be. that he's yeah. in there <laughs> right and he's in the otherwise yeah kid. There's not really any way, like you, you can't, like uh, there's, there's not a tracker. <laughs> no, not like now. You can find can't, anybody like throw a tracker second. on the car or anything, right? But yeah, it's, it's really, it's really a, a fun, kind of a fun. So yeah, the action, especially for that time period, is just all over the place, right? It definitely has the, the explosions, the car chases, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But for me, I love this kind of like you're mentioning there's this trauma associated with this time travel component where because this time travel component is possible in the movie she knows things and is aware of things that create immense trauma for her she knows that if her son doesn't survive and isn't given the tools needed that three billion people are gonna gonna die and she feels the weight of responsibility yeah the responsibility to raise the human general and then also you know can she because the his biological father her son or john's biological father like planted the seed that like she could change something Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that that it wasn't set in stone that it could be affected right so that's one of the plots that's brought which is a huge weight yeah. To carry in what feels like an insurmountable. I mean, she's stuck in a high security prison, essentially, like psychiatric prison, right? Mm-hmm. And to think, I need, like, I need out. Like, it, the time, time is ticking here. I think it's 91. And by 97, seven. Yeah, it's so whole... interesting the timelines, right? My wife's yeah. like, oh, wow, they thought that would happen in 97 and the robot <laughs> that we would have like Star Wars laser guns in 2029. You know, it's really maybe. Hey, we still have a few years. Maybe yeah, it, could be, it could be using Star Wars. Maybe there laser will guns. be a Skynet. <laughs> I thought the thing I thought to myself was I thought to myself is the, the opening scene. I thought to myself, if if AI rises like that like humans do not have a freaking chance dude like you know what i mean the precision of yeah the self-awareness yeah like the precision of a computer like even shooting you as you run i'm like it wouldn't miss no i missed the first time maybe but like it's not gonna miss like it would be able to calculate speed and trajectory and and calculate all the possibilities of where that truck could be in a second and it would well, and that's what's so cool about Terminator for me is 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 they find a way to utilize the machines to assist yeah. them against the machines. Right. right. Well, that's the only hope you would have. Yeah. Is to humanize, which almost to me 
is like a reason to keep the T100 or 101 or Arnold's character uh-huh. alive at the end of the movie. Because it's like, well, wait a second. This machine, though he has the technology that could lead to the emergence of Skynet, to me, it's like, that's going to happen anyway. So why not keep a robot around that's developing uh, a circuitry that seems to value or has loyalty to preserve well, I human think, life. You know? I think at the end of the movie, they're under their impression they have yeah, I taken all yeah. of it out, right? Right. And of course, if you've seen any other Terminator, I mean, they just they it it's a it's a model, right? Sure. So there's another one, of course. <laughs> right? There's of course. another one they can use. There always I, is. So I love as a kid, I loved. And I probably because I was right around the age sure. of, the identified boy, with of the John boy. Connor. Yeah, I sure. loved his role. Now, I, I never had like anger like that that I can remember like he has. Yeah. But I love. Well, he thinks his mom's crazy, right? Which is part yeah. of the arc is that he realizes like, oh, wait, my mom's not nuts. Yes. He's actually like when, when you know, that's part of the development that happens as he meets the Terminator and starts the cult of relationship. He's like, oh, I was wrong about my mom. And then we have to get my yeah. mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's young enough to be, to have, you know, children have quite a bit of resilience, right? They can oh, adapt pretty quickly they absolutely compared can. to the older we get, it's slower, right? Yeah. <laughs> that turnaround is slower. And so he's able to adapt pretty quickly, but I love those beginning scenes where he's getting those terminator. I love the language scene where he's like, no, 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 no. You should say, I think this is after they get. Oh, they're Sarah. talking about oh, where he's like, he's like, Roger that or agree. Yeah. Hasta la vista, some, baby. He and says adios. Some, and he says some like military response of. Or, yeah. You know, he's like some robot affirmative or something. Yeah, that's right. I think he and, says affirmative. And then John's and he's like, people like, don't talk like that. Because <laughs> you got to talk like a person if you're going to blend in with that. people. And I don't know if you ever notice a lot of times when I say goodbye, I'll be like, adios. Or even on our podcast, if you listen back, I'll say adios. Oh, I, I didn't realize that I, was an homage. I, I just, because growing up, I just loved that. I love the adios because it's mm -hmm. one of the things he tells them like adios. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've always, yeah, I've always kind of had that stick with me over the years to like adios. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And I think for me, it's very nostalgic because my dad loved them. And so, yeah, like Predator, Commando, Get to the Twins, like, oh, man, Predator. there's so many Twins is one we could definitely do. Oh, oh yeah, I, I watched that show. a million times. Oh, we should a, totally. I remember. Guy. I think I watched it a couple. I didn't watch it a million times. I watched it a couple times, but oh, it's funny. I, I just... It. I love that. Do you do you know that there's like a whole thing around um, from Predator where Arnold Schwarzenegger like does the bro handshake with um, Apollo Creed uh, and like that whole like like the close up yeah. of them doing their bro handshake is like a huge like meme t-shirt. Oh, like, I didn't know. Oh yeah, if you look that up online there is tons oh. and tons of memes. Yeah, predator and oh. tons of like of like of or commando around <laughs> around uh around that bro like uh Apollo Creed Arnold Schwarzenegger uh shake where they're all like testing each other. Or whatever. Which, oh yeah, that's what's great about Predator, right? <laughs> it, it, Apollo Creed is in Predator, or is it Commando? It's Predator, right? Yeah, it's Predator. Yeah, it's yeah. Predator. There's some great. They're just classic. So to me, they're very nostalgic. In Terminator Two, I mean, I I've always loved sci-fi, and I think because my yeah. dad liked sci-fi so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so yeah, Terminator. I love Terminator, but for me, Terminator Two is really just. I love the change. Instead of just a robot chasing you to stop you from yeah, there's this evolution there. Yeah. There's a growth. There's mm -hmm. a change to where, Hey, not only are these robots AI, but you can have robots that can become humanized. Like I love at the end when the T101 or T, I don't know if it's T100 or T101, but the Arnie character says to John Connor, yeah, the term he says to John Connor uh, something like, "Oh, I I understand why you cry. Mm -hmm. I can't cry, 
but I, I understand. That, but I understand. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really so profound. Awesome to me. Yeah, I'll tell that. you, I have a critique though. I have a critique that really bugged me. Not with that scene. That was a great scene. I sure. Loved, I loved everything about that. But just the feel of the movie. One of the things I was disappointed with this movie, which seems like was lost from the eighties, like the sound of the movie, like I had a really hard time with it really just felt draggy. You know, whatever their background music is through all of the chase. Well, because you're getting into the 90s. Yeah. And And the 90s gets more synthesized music and 2000s gets even worse. It's not this 80s movies are different. Yeah, it just wasn't good. It just it it made it feel flat. It made it feel overly well, also, sad. It just it didn't feel like is, the right. I remember a couple different times during a scene going, "This isn't the right music." Like this is a like this isn't the right music. Like I just remember feeling like this. They're getting it wrong, and it just dragged through all of that. And so it it I don't it know, is it, it is also it bugged me. Sci-fi, right? And yeah. so sci-fi during that time period, I feel like always had like the synth like they're trying to envision a future right. and, and it's and trying huge, to they're trying to create a setting or something you it's know, also like the first like i don't know if it's the first, but it's a huge sci-fi like it it, it's a blockbuster movie right yeah, well well come on i mean the t-1000 that movie yeah, was crazy i remember freaking out like i remember what the heck like yeah, how i remember do being that? like holy <laughs> crap like it was incredible like the whole gooey metal and i've uh, always changed like, was incredible that's that what time. i always like it's it was so amazing right but yeah i agree with just a point yeah the music for me has always been um it just drags. Way, but a lot it of sci-fi movies i feel like have there are some sci-fi movies that have great music but i feel like a lot of them are i'm just you kind of have to look past it but the t-1000 yeah oh my goodness still to this well, day dune, like when i instance, watch it dune dune got the sound quality like perfect well yeah but dune's 2020 i i know i know but just <laughs> yes granted i'm just saying you well, know a movie that got it right dude <laughs> uh, yeah probably not right yeah i don't think I, I i think i actually have remembered as a kid i fell asleep every time i ever tried to watch dune as a kid probably well and dune um dune so not to get too far off topic but this kind of applies i i think i feel like the um, cinematography with Dune 2021 is really interesting because they use CGI, but it doesn't oh, really so bother me as much in no. that movie. Where a lot of movies, when they use a lot of CGI, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Um, yeah, Dune, but Dune 2021 was magical. Yeah, you could do a, we could do a Dune we podcast should. where we kind of talk. I would, we would have to, yeah, or something like that. I, that I grew up with the 84 one and even I've seen the 2000 miniseries one, I think once, but I've seen the Dune 84 one a few times. You um, should do it. Okay, I'll have to watch it. Cause I, cause I fell asleep, but um, another aspect of, of uh, that I want to critique that. <laughs> well, wait, I want to talk about the oh. T1000. Real okay. Quick. Yeah. Okay. So the okay. T1000, I agree with you. The um, so for me, I think even now, like when I watched it this week, I was thinking, would that molten, uh, what do they call that? Where they melt the iron or steel oh, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that uh, furnace thing or whatever. I, I wish I was cooler. Yeah, and like I a smelting stuff. pot, like a smelting. Yeah, that smelting pot thing. We'll call it that. The smelting yeah. pot. Yeah. I always am like, would that really kill? Is it hot? Is it 1,000? Like, it would it enough? real? And would you have to keep it hot forever? Because if you turned it off, would the T1000 come back together? I'm like, gonna, those I'm types of things, accept, I'm always like, oh. I'm going to accept that it totally did <clears throat> what it needed to do. The T1000 was amazing, right? It was amazing. Just, it was amazing. just the fact. And even now when you watch it, you know, you can see some, like you can tell it's CGI, sure, but it's sure. still, it's still pretty done. It's good. still done well. It's still, believable. yeah, it's, it's amazing. Still enjoyable. This, was, it's still, this movie yeah, was, I terrifying. think, I think 91, right? I think it yeah, came yeah. out in 91. So that's, that's 31 years. Yeah. Right. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. Okay. James so Cameron here's the thing. So here's job. the thing. Here's the thing. They did an incredible job with the goo mo- with the goo robot, you know, and and the the feel the and look, yeah, of all of that. <laughs> but then I I was so like I laughed out loud when they're in the car at night. 
and they're doing the scenes with Terminator and Sarah. I think when they've gotten out of the crazy maximum security prison. Oh, and they're house. in like the van they're, thing? They're in the van and the behind is like, it's like 1950s like screen background oh, in the oh, background. Yeah, and yeah. when like, they're in the station I like, wagon, I yeah, think. Yeah, like guys, what I are you noticed doing? that. You've got this monster yeah. that's this goo monster that's like putting his hands in elevators and ripping the doors open. Yeah. But then the car scene, you've got some was like horrible, 19- wasn't it? <laughs> I noticed that too. I, was I like, laughed Holy. out loud. I like my wife and I started laughing. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, it what's going on here? Way people? fake. <laughs> it's like, it, how did you? They spent their budget on the robot. They couldn't they bother did. with yep. it. It all went to the t1000 <laughs> no i agree i laughed i was too. laughing i was laughing Heather, there's a couple too. times where i laughed uh, that's what i love about sci-fi movies yeah when is you get i feel mix. like there should be points in sci-fi movies where you laugh because a classic oh, yeah. sci-fi movie to me is ridiculous just has some cheesiness yeah, right has just to. has some has or some cringe moments where you're like yeah Ugh. that's what's enjoyable about <laughs> that's, that's that's what we what love makes about it nostalgic to me yes, yeah absolutely. which is so yeah the, the car things- scene was horrible i just well, i remember watching that and being like what what is going on? Like, right, is, am right. I watching like a, a raw edit? Yeah, is this <laughs> right? Did they a forget raw to edit, edit this part. <laughs> we'll fix that. We'll fix that later. We'll fix that later. <laughs> yeah, I I was blown away by that. Well, and this is one of the points that I that I was trying to make when I think during the Tremors conversation that I think with movies like the Marvel movies, which I love, being ultra realistic, you don't get any kind of that fun. Sure. That's outtakey and kind of pulls you back and you don't take it too seriously. Like, you know, which is why like Ragnarok, I think was a, a seminal movie in the Marvel universe. Cause they found, I think a real great balance of humor mm-hmm. and, you know, powerful metaphor and story. Um, and I think if, if they didn't try to make everything so ultra realistic, there could be some of that playful sci-fi-ness that I think is one of the things that is endearing about the genre. You know? Yeah, and it, it seems like that kind of, I feel like that kind of started in the late 90s, early 2000s with with um, uh, episode, the prequel, right? Episode one, two, and three coming out where Lucas really, really tried because he finally had technology to where he could right. kind of create his his vision without having to create the vision, right? It could be done through CGI. And I think that at, that was kind of a shift. And, and I don't, I'm not a movie historian or anything like that, but sure, I feel like for sure, me, sure. that was a shift to where movies started going heavy with CGI and yes. it really lost for me. It lost some Something. of that realness. Yeah. Well, some of one that. Of the, well, one of the other things too, about, about particularly episode one, two, and three, that bugs me, you know, besides some of the, I mean, you know, not acting, but the way that, I, I love one, two and three. Yeah, but no, I, I do too. <laughs> I do too. But one of the things that does bug me is the swarmy, the swarminess, you know, sure. like, it's like, like, I get it that he, that it's exciting and you can do it all, but I'm like, nobody can fight in that. Like it's, it, it feels like, it feels like too much. It's like, he, like the Jedi's could have getting picked off by any random person because it's so swarmy and madness, yeah. which is visually in one respect cool, but in another respect, it's like, no, dude, like that's too much. Yeah, there's, there's no that, order really, yeah, right? It feels like, orderless, which seems contrary, I I feel like to to kind of how it would yes, be. Yes. But but I, you know, I think that was just visually appealing yeah, trying to be cool yeah. right and yeah. not so much and that's where i think the disconnect is right with right. Right. with movies i feel like there's kind of a span where it kind of loses that and then i feel like when when i feel like the change to that was right around the time 2000 uh was it 14 when episode 7 came out and and disney made an effort to bring, bring it back in. yeah yeah. some of that and that's probably right around i don't know when ragnarok came out but it's probably right around that time somewhere and i feel like that's kind of a shift i, I don't know that star wars is really the right sure. thing to use yeah. for my yeah. timeline but that's where my mind always goes and so i feel like they kind of tried to rein that back in with episode seven and, and so 2014 on i've i've seen shift in movies to where it's not I mean, some movies still use a lot of CGI, especially like TV movies, because I think they just don't have the budget. And it is, it's funny huh? how now it, it, it can be cheaper to just use animatronics or puppetry than, than maybe the CGI costs. 
yeah <laughs> yeah a, a well and there's some movies i'm trying to remember what movie i recently saw that they did some stuff and it looked great like it was really enjoyable do you remember do, didn't we talk about it didn't we talk about a, a recent movie that we saw that had some some actual probably um, like some actual stuff versus Problem is we talk movie. about a lot of yeah we talked about something movies. but there was some there was something some movies recently that they have brought some of that back and i felt like it added way more richness well and i feel like they've done that pretty well lately i'm really excited to even see like the the uh top gun maverick i haven't oh, seen so that yet because i i feel so like good. from the previews that feels like it doesn't have a ton of uh cgi like it, i, I don't feel think like it there's has real flaw yeah which is really i don't think cool. it has any i love yeah. that movies have kind of come full circle back to it is to cool that. that they have and yeah. so yeah so in terminator 2 you do get you know it's 91 right so it's kind of early on uh, you do get moments but i still love how like like uh arnie is is really when he's uh his exoskeleton or his face his skin is taken off there's you know he like his arm right when they show his arm it really freaked me out i had a really it's hard really, time i had a really hard time with him ripping his arm sleeve off oh, i was like yeah. bro I like it really I but mean, it's I, not cgi right which is is cool yeah, to me yeah yeah um, really where yeah, you could tell because they had like that they had the elbow out of the camera shot so that they could have yeah. his arm down <laughs> i love yeah. i love when his arm is like torn off and 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 they don't use cgi because it's obvious like when you see arnie at some points he has like this bulge on his his left i guess it would be his left side he has this bulge where you can tell his arm is like taped against him and they have this <laughs> fake prosthetic it, right. it's so uh, i love like that to me is awesome like i love <laughs> It. it's like they did a decent job at hiding it but to me it's obvious his arm yeah, like, is just under his shirt well, he's got a he's got kind of a gigantic he's arm a big guy hide. right yeah, yeah he's a big kind guy. of a big guy <laughs> well it's <laughs> funny they they try tried to hide it but they did you know they could have done like a longer prosthetic or something which would have been really funny that would have been really campy <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but for me yeah I, terminator 2 is just a classic sci-fi that for me i love uh dystopian like i love post well this isn't really dystopian but i love post-apocalyptic and i love time travel um sci-fi and that mixes it right where you yeah. have now some of them like i think t4 gets into like dystopian i think that that you are in the post-apocalyptic yeah. world and the, the thing that about the these genre of 90s movies that we're dealing with like the nuclear fallout there's a part of it that as a kid i'm trying to remember was it like the day after tomorrow no that's not it there was a tv movie where they um kind of did a depiction of what it would be like um after a nuclear war there's um, the stand it, like stephen king no it was a TV, it was a it was a, it was a made for tv movie i think the and stand i was, was really tv and i was really impressionable i was like seven or something like that and there's so for me there's a part of these movies that that do the crossover into post-apocalyptic sure. that makes me it taps into that kid part of me that really felt kind of hopeless and defeated and not I don't I wouldn't say scared per se. Oh man, because it I seems what movie it was. It seems so like almost it's so horrible and terrifying. Sure. Not terrifying, but like so horrible and terrible, like surely it won't happen. You know what I mean? But there's something about some of these movies that really affects me to the core. You know, not like the Hunger Games movies or um what's the other one where there's like the the girl that like oh, i can't remember what it's called the not hungry. it's like another one that came out in the hunger divergent game. yeah yeah divergent that's it you know like those ones don't don't hit this string this chord like this movie like there's this aspect of t2 that really strikes that chord like it awakens this seven-year-old boy of like could that happen and what would life be like and it's terrifying and well, yeah, half like the world's sad. population. Yeah, it's like, out. and and would there really be a world leader that would push that button? That would really, like, re, like devolve to that sense of sure. 
you know, it's well, like, cause it's like, even this, if Russia, this, like, even if Russia attacked movie, us, right? so, so that was like war games is kind of like that, yeah, right. Where you have Matthew, this Matthew project. Yeah. And it's kind of computer, it's computer driven, right. Which is another good one we could do. Um, but in this one, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. And in Terminator, it's, it's machine that does it right the humans don't really that's not their intention the right but it just, just struck, take over it just strikes that chord of like what would bring us to this kind of outcome and yeah it seems know, impossible it, right it, it seems, really does it, it seems really like does couldn't happen it really but does. it is some movies like there's some that i watch where because i love post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. type movies what is it about them, that genre that that is so intriguing to you I really don't know. Maybe it's just the survival part of it where it's really unknown. And and so, for example, the uh, Shannara series by Terry Brooks um, goes through, you know, he does, I think, the original trilogy, like in the 60s, 70s, and it's set in this fantasy realm in the future. But in the 90s, he does this Running with the Demons book, and it's set in the 90s in Illinois. And you don't realize this, so hopefully I'm not spoiling this for everyone, but he does, there's like 26 books in his series. And so he starts it in the 60s, 70s with, it's in this fantasy world. And then in the 90s, he starts writing these books that you don't know are a part of Shannara because you think it's just this new fantasy series. And then eventually through these trilogies that he's writing, he links it. And what you find out is that the Armageddon's children is where he links it. And you find out there's this apocalypse. And from that comes this fantasy mm-hmm. world. I think that's and what I love I think that. That's like, what, I don't uh, know what it is. I love that. I think that's what Sanderson's doing. I mean, I think that's what Sanderson's doing with the Cosmere. It could it be. I, like- I love that. For some reason, I've always loved so that trilogy that starts, I think, with Armageddon's Children. It it goes into this post-apocalyptic world. I don't ever want to be in a post-apocalyptic world. Like I'd rather just the bomb land on my house and I'm good. Like I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to live in it. But it's such an intriguing literate literature or or what's the right word? I guess it's the ultimate. I guess it's the ultimate. It's like the ultimate journey, right? Because yeah, the world has essentially come apart, and you're at this kind of start where like even, there is no the, infrastructure, and so you've got to. Have you seen mm-hmm. the show C, um, uh, on Apple Plus? That's another one. Like, there's all types of these shows. I don't know what yeah. it is. Like the dystopian, post-apocalyptic genre has just always been interesting. Even I think board I'm just, games. Like I'm drawn I think I'm just, to board games that are the I, same. I think I'm just horrified by what it would take for us to get there. I guess is is the part that morally yeah, I, don't think I even think about the, that. <laughs> the morally that morally disturbs me or disturbed me as a kid. Yeah, that's it's, scary. <laughs> it's just you know, like what it would take for someone. I mean, with AI, I suppose it's a little bit more complicated. But essentially, you know, we would be the parents of the AI. I mean, the human race would be the the parent of the AI. Yeah, and so it's essentially an outcrop. Or and it's not necessarily like ai that i'm drawn to i just like and even you know i love sci-fi i love space right space exploration oh, me too. but I love, I love even like movies where it's like oh we're now where we're at because earth like had an epoch like it we had to branch out that's always interesting to me um but i love I don't know. I love a lot of things, but yeah, I, I love post-apocalyptic. I don't know what it is exactly. Yeah. But that's just the sobering is the time travel with that in this movie, which is so fun. It is very sobering to think about. I don't think, I don't think I ever think a lot about it. Like for, for with Terminator two, for me, it's just the, the machines yeah. dropped a bomb, but it's they just, haven't done it. Right. Yeah. They haven't done it from our point of view. Right. Which is a really intriguing thing because it's like, oh, we can stop it because we have this knowledge. But then if we do something, does that then change the timeline? And so is it not going to happen or does it still happen? That's what I love about the time travel thing is you really right. don't know right. what what you do. Or if you like them killing destroying Arnie everything. at the end and destroying, does that is that part of 
why it happens or does that actually change it? Like, I don't know. Right. Right. It's really. Right. Yeah. The really mystery of, yeah. The mystery of how does time play out? Yeah. How does it affect the future? Of course, they've kind of solved that in all the new time travel movies just create a new stream of time versus trying to reconcile the other streams of time. Like an alternate. You know, yeah. Back to the future, it? back to the future always made them connected to each other. Right. And so like people would disappear or that was the whole thing. Like Marty was going to cease yeah. to exist if his mom and dad didn't get together. But you know, the, the new time travel movies, it's just like with the change, it, it just creates a new, they don't try to reconcile it anymore. They just go, it's a new stream of reality. Right, because of well, the like, whole multiverse concept. I wonder what it is about us as people that find that interesting at all, right? Like this post-apocalyptic dystopian society. You know, I don't I don't really foresee myself as a prepper. I mean, I do have food storage, um, you know, in yeah, case, but really my food storage is like if I were to lose my job, then we have food to live off of. I'm not thinking there's going to be apocalypse right and so i wonder what pushes us to well i think it's just that interesting i think i think think one of the one of the things that i would suggest as a part of that is that we all know that we live in this structure that provides all these things for us that are out of our control i mean we can just go to walmart and get like pretty much whatever you can think of to get you can get it like Walmart, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. I, you know, and then Amazon can have it to you in a day, you know? And some so I think same that day, right? Yeah. Right. Some <laughs> places same day. Right. And so the notion of if you didn't have that insulated system around you, which we got a view of with COVID where that's been inter- sure. interrupted or it's been strained. It mm-hmm. seems like it's been strained. Yeah. Strained. And there, totally. and there seems to be a lot of, continual shockwaves that are happening around that strain system, especially yeah. because now it's a, a global system Sure, where so many of our products and stuff are made overseas, you know? Um, so I think it, I think it's just the contemplation of that, you know, we live in a world where that's a mainstay, but like, it's a fragile, I mean, it ha- well, I guess in one respect, it's a very resilient system. If you look at what happened with COVID, but then on another you know, another vein of thinking it, it could in fact break, you know, and then like, what would that mean? Like, yeah, how would the functioning community, you know, how would a community and people in different places function? Like, would people be decent or like is portrayed in a lot of these yeah, post-apocalyptic movies where people become like cannibalistic and insane. And it's like, yeah, like, man, really? Like, I know, will people be insane? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's, I just, I, I mean, I don't want to find out. Yeah. But I, you know, that whole, I mean, I guess, I'm, but I, you know, I, I guess there's some justification to that line of thought because in our, you know, fairly stable world, there are pretty sick and insane people out there. You know? It is. Yeah. It's interesting, but I could see how, yeah, definitely. Like I see your point in um, thinking, how could someone push the button right like what would that take and why would you even do it like it makes no sense i mean i mean well i mean unless you're just a true sociopath yeah you know what i mean but i don't know like but it it also hitler wanted to conquest but would have would hitler have hit the button the interesting thing is is we as americans did hit the button i mean we did it to japan yeah you know and so yeah and so it's you know it's really interesting you know, I, I, and I have no moral judgment of if that was a, a good or right way to handle that situation. I've, you know, I don't know enough about history or war or whatever, you know, brought us to that decision to use that level of force on a, on a, on a, on a country like that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's really interesting. Even, you know, you think about that or, or even like mass, you know, it's interesting because you think about could someone, like, why would someone push a button that would start total annihilation that would ultimately kill them also? But, you know, there's plenty of people that strap bombs to themselves, right? Yeah. It's, but, and I will mean, go. But come on, dude. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Those people are nuts. Like, that you're is, nuts. I don't it's even nuts. know. I can't even. Yeah, it's hard to comprehend. Sorry. 
I hate to be judgmental and that close-minded, but that's nuts. I would say this for me. um, So I get your point of view with, with that. I don't think I ever think that way though. Like, I don't think I've ever thought how could someone do this or how could, you know, with, with like these movies, but for me, something that's always been trippy is how our world works. Like how we're this tiny, tiny planet in this infinitely huge universe space. And, and how do we just keep spinning? How do we like, how, like these things are crazy. Like, what if it just stops spinning? Like what if the world just stops spinning and we all just kind of float off? <laughs> like oh, those types of things get trippy. Float off is like is the nice way of putting what that just, probably would look yeah. like if the earth came to a crash. If it just, halt yeah, if it second, just stopped, yeah. I think we would, would be, all just crush would, into yeah. a million bits, right? When the force of but like instantly that's, going that's 32 million miles trippy to me and, is like, we're just this tiny planet in this infinitely huge space. And another thing that's crazy to me, I, I know this is getting a little off topic, but it's just interesting to me when it, we're talking about these types of things. Another thing is that's interesting to me is that, you know, we know, we know more about like our galaxy than we know about the deepest parts of our own ocean. I've heard that before. Yeah. It's that's really trippy to me. That's Super like what the heck's down there then? Like I we have no, know. we have no idea. I want to know. No That's like no a cool idea. sci-fi. That's like a real sci-fi question. It's like Deep what's Six. What's down? that show? The Orson uh, Scott Card one. He wrote. He didn't he write the screenplay? Oh, I don't know. One? Deep. Something is it a six. new or old one? No, it's an older one from that. That, that would definitely be Abyss a good one. is one. The Abyss. That's that I, it. Oh, oh there, did oh, he write Deep, that one? Yeah, he wrote the screenplay for. Oh, crazy! That's cool. Yeah, I think he adopted it from the book or whatever. The circle thing that just comes That's in. That cool. has some of that technology. That must have been about the same time period, right? Because they've got the floaty, oceany, bubbly alien thing, right? Yeah, I wonder if it is. Must I feel be like same. it could be. has to be the same. I can look. I am. 80s, maybe. Late I 80s. But yeah, I. so for me, uh, Terminator 2 has always been very nostalgic for, for different reasons, right? I... Something 89 abyss was 89 so close so two tech, years off that was the the emerging technology my dad always loved terminator he loved sci-fi so that's nostalgic to me but i love the story i love the growth of the terminator and i love the really the role of sarah connor too where yeah she's dealing with well her trauma turmoil. dealing yeah. with yeah this turmoil the and weight, she's, the responsibilities yeah. she, and she feels. I feel like she does it so well. Like she well, really. Well, I think I think it's fair that she's that broken. You know, I mean, yeah. in the context of the PTSD, because I mean, Terminator One is a terrifying movie. You know what I mean? It's a. I mean, I remember. Well, maybe I was just young uh, when I saw it, but I remember it. It being. It's terrifying. definitely scary because you're it's, trying to run away from something that seems can't. insurmountable, yes, right? It's yeah. in, indestructible. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's this love story, there's this fear of the future. She has this child and then, and then she's on her own. Like we don't see the aftermath, right? Right. She's on, well, a little bit at the end, but we, she's on her own. Right. And I think that's where really the, the, the PTSD sets in. But the right. crazy thing is, is she really is sane, right? These things yeah. really are happening. Are real. Yeah, that's that's and the yet thing. she's being drugged that's why and I being think, told, and that would make that would be PTSD right I, there. Yeah, right? well, and that's the thing I think that is unfortunate where they 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 vilified the psychiatrist a little bit because I think that would have been a really interesting dilemma and a really great moment for the psychiatrist to be like, oh, she's not crazy. Well, we you know get what I mean. That. We I know, but it's, for a but glimpse, I guess I didn't, right? but I, for just, a I, I didn't like, I didn't like him at all. So uh, it was hard to enjoy that moment or to appreciate that moment. Just be like, like, see, I told you versus him having a moment of realization that would have been a little bit more interesting, but my, my heart just goes out because you know, I didn't really we're therapists and I just feel like oh, I totally disliked him as much as the, um, the tech what do they call those like oh the one that licked her face or, yeah that too oh, that was <laughs> disgusting i was like what is going on there my wife's like why did he lick her face i'm like i don't know i'm like i guess they're gonna kill him so they're trying to make sure you hate him i'm like but but yeah that's gross i mean it's just really yeah disgusting. i don't know if he was just trying to 
see if he could get a rise out well, of her. Even or still, it's disgusting. Could you imagine licking whatever. another human's face yeah. that's like comatose on drugs? Like it was yeah. just awful. It's it was just disgusting. Up. It's so disgusting. That that's where I was like, uh, and then the the psychiatrist. I just felt like was uh, like burned out or detached. Sure. That's kind of how I saw him and and, and not like, I didn't hate him. He just, like you said, seemed insensitive. Like he was, but he's also, I don't know if this is unfair of me. He's also a psychiatrist and, and psychiatrists, you know, and this is also, you know, the ni- early nineties, late eighties, uh, you know, when they're filming this, but, but psychiatrists now, they, I mean, typically just do medication evaluations. Yeah, like a lot of them it. don't have the best bedside manner. They're just trying to no. get through it's like, their medication what's the right medications. Yeah. What's yeah. The right medication? And so it would have been interesting if they actually had a therapist in the movie that would yeah. meet with her and how that yeah. would have played out. Yeah. I it just, you know, I think there was just a really interesting, and I guess, cause we're therapists, it was just like a really interesting sure. opportunity <laughs> for someone to be totally crazy. And mm-hmm. like, we would have assessed as crazy. Absolutely. Sure. And then, and then have this moment where it's like, Oh, like there could have been a whole like reality shift or paradigm shift, which they do really well with the scientist guy. I um, feel like they could have miles that. with miles. That's yeah. miles. Dyson like he had a really great moment where he's like in shock and and then is like yeah we have to destroy everything all I kept thinking was I wonder if he invented the vacuum like instead of but he dies so he couldn't have but but the thing I know the one part that was for me that I was like oh I wish they would have done something with the psychiatrist I wish there would have been a little bit more there when the police came and they're like hey 11 years ago right. there's this guy and they yes show there was compelling well that same. was the beginning that was the beginning yeah. of the compelling evidence i wish i yeah. wish at that point the psychiatrist would have they would have shown a little bit more like yes. well, what wait that, that that's like interesting. if i were the psychiatrist i'd be like wait what you're like, saying that doesn't make sense like wait, yeah because like you can on? see the evidence you can see the two yeah. pictures side by side yeah. so it starts to crack that sense of paradigm and reality yeah yeah, they had a really cool moment, but there. they didn't. They, they, they didn't take it. advantage of that. Yeah, right? They wasted it. Yeah. But then, yeah. but then you get a little bit of it, like a you get like a second when when the two, especially when the T one thousand comes through the the bars, right? And yeah. the gun gets stuck, and yeah, he has to turn yeah, his yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah he then totally you does. you you get a very quick glimpse of the psychiatrist, and you're just like, scared. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's just scared. He's like, and, okay, yeah. he's probably right. gonna. You know, my thought, and I don't know if this this is what happens. But my thought is the only person who saw that was the psychiatrist. And so now the psychiatrist is going to be saying this and no one else saw it. So now he's right. going to be, he's going to be person. put in. Yeah. yeah. They totally, they totally could have done a <laughs> That's flash. That's kind of what I wonder. could have been locked up. They could <laughs> yep, have done exactly. a, scene, a scene flash somewhere where he's locked up and, and trying to tell everybody. Maybe that, that's in no, like the there was extended a person, version. <laughs> there was a person that walked through the bars. Yep. No, he came through the bars. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, that would have been. And really, no one else saw fun. it, right? Because everyone else was Everybody's knocked dead. out or dead. <laughs> Everybody was dead. So I Everybody that's that's good. the one thing that I kind of thought in that moment, because you didn't get, you know, his, you didn't really get his actualization or his realization. No. But I thought, oh, dude, give I him, wonder if he's going to get. In, in, I wonder if he's going to get put in right. in a, a hospital because he saw this and everyone's going to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. The other thing that's weighty and, and, uh, and, and heavy about the movie is in the way that the T-1000 like kills, you know, like oh, just using his metalness to just go through people's brains is so. Yeah. Like, especially the, so when he kills cold. the the uh foster dad yeah it's just so, right so, through the mouth I, both heather yeah. and i were like Ugh. oh it's so sociopathic <laughs> it's so just like dark but that's kind of like that's where um uh terminator the first movie right that's kind of it's just it's it's just i'm gonna do whatever i have to do right it's that one track there's not really a lot of development it's just a computer mind this right. is the objective. I'm going to do it. The it most efficient what way else possible. Is, yeah, what else yeah. is in the way. Where Arnold, I, and that's what I just love about Terminator 2, is can't he, kill anybody. Yeah, so he does Zero it. casualties. Still, I love he it. still injures them, right? Yeah, he still yeah. shoots. I love the scene where he shoots the guard. 
they're on the motorcycle. They get to the psychiatric hospital. He shoots the he guard in live. the leg, and he's like, "What the heck?" You know, the John O'Connor, John Connor's like, "What the heck?" And he's like, "He will live." Yeah, he, he will live. <laughs> I, well, and I love that they paid homage to that too. Like where he's like using that intense like helicopter machine gun and oh, shooting yeah. up all the cops and getting them all back, and then like it like flashes up on his visual zero fatalities i love that too i love it yeah he destroys everything yeah. but he doesn't and and i so i love that growth right because it's so it's so contrast from the complete like uh uh really psychotic nature right <laughs> of, of the t-1000 where it's just i'm just gonna do what i'm gonna do yeah and and and, and doesn't matter who's in my way like that's what always well, bugged me about the t-1000 it's he would kill people that didn't even need to be killed. I hated yeah. that. Like, I was like, why? Like, and that's what I love about the, the hospital scene is I love that she's able to knock out a bunch of them. So they'll live. A lot of the people in the hospital will end up living because they're knocked out and there's no reason for the T-1000 to kill them. Right. And so I, I, that's one thing I enjoyed, but you're after that's her right. mercy. T-1000 mercy. man just kills everything. <laughs> Yeah, he's just coming with his little his little run. I saw a I saw a a YouTube video or something the other day of a guy that was imitating all the different run styles from like the last three decades of movies and like uh, -huh. uh the T one thousand was one, like Tom Cruise was another one, uh Forrest Gump was another one. Did they do was... a Rocky one? I, think I love the sprint scene. I think, I think it's Rocky three when he fights Clubber Lane and yeah. they're on the beach. Him and him and, oh, uh, yeah. him um, and uh, Creed. Uh, Creed, thank you. Apollo are yeah. on the beach. I love Run. that scene. Like they they just look like they're running so fast. I'm sure they are, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really funny because it's like doing all these different run styles of these different. Oh, it did. Oh, he also did uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> With the hands, hands <laughs> when he's running so, yeah. the only time i remember him really running is when he's on the beach and yeah. i don't think that's the first movie is it no it's like number three i think yeah like running from the one crew of the uh the ship that can go underwater or whatever yeah <laughs> where they're all like whirl but the, like heart coral t1000s run is classic to me like yeah, that's the total. first run that I like as a kid I remember and it just would freak me out. Like he he is so fast, like right? He's, he's coming. a robot. And the way he would run was mm -hmm. so Robert Patrick robotic, knocked that out of the park. Oh yeah, yeah it did great. Yeah, great. great. He job. was perfect for it. Yeah, it really became like an iconic thing, right? Like it, I don't know if he did much else after no, he did a lot of stuff after that, didn't he? He has done a bunch of yeah. different but things. he was a little but he has for reprised a like that and even that character, the T-1000, I feel like has been in a lot of comedy movies. Oh, absolutely. Even if it's, it's not so been spoofy. Him, Well, that's that why actor, you know, that. you, that's how you know they knocked it out of the park because yeah. they had him. Yeah, like totally just symbolically or just, yeah, like a like an outtake kind of thing. Yes. His personality or... And I love how he's, he's a cop. A like it's so ingenious that he decides... Or he, I don't know if it's happen chance or not, but he, he becomes a cop. And and later on a motorcycle cop, right? So so it really just is ingenious and gets him access to to really anything he needs. Like he is wow, he did a, he, he did a ton of X File TV episodes. Oh, that's right. He was I think he took the place of uh uh he did forty Mulder. He did forty. He did 40. Yeah, I think like season seven, eight, and nine or something. Oh. He came in and did X Files after he was after I think it's Mulder. Which one oh, man? Scully is the female, right? Oh man, it's I been too so. long. I love X Files is a good one. So yeah. is Fringe. I love Fringe too. But anyways. Oh, Nick and I have been watching Fringe though. I was really oh, irritated. So like, good. We, we watched the first one together and then I was gone for two days for work. Uh-huh. She watched a ton of episodes without <laughs> me. I was like, I thought we were doing this together. Cause like she watched them all a while she ago. Broke the rules of engagement. Yeah, she broke the rules. Cause I never really, <laughs> cause it was a show that she got into 
Oh, I love and Fringe. it was one like like when streaming was first kind of a thing, like in 2007 or something like that, or eight mm-hmm. somewhere in there. It was one of the ones that was like first streamable, and so she was watching them, and she started watching them without me. So I never just went back and watched them because. So I love X Files, but X Files has a lot of filler episodes where you don't necessarily get the main storyline. Fringe, I feel like, the main is similar to X Files in that in in the way of of it's like a. Um, sci-fi-ish type show but yes i feel like every episode has something to do with the main storyline like they don't really have filler episodes i love that about fringe great show i uh yeah terminator 2 is a lot of fun to me it's a classic um one i've seen many times but like i said i like a lot of those older arnie movies um twins is another one i think i've probably seen twins the most out of any I, I definitely, I definitely watched that a few different times with Danny DeVito and um, and with Arnold. I I definitely watched it a bunch. Last I remember Hero is another one I loved as a I kid. remember being very confused by their version of the science of the mixed up sperm or whatever it was. <laughs> but like Arnold got all the best parts of the sperm, and uh, Danny DeVito got all the worst parts of the sperm. I don't science remember. Yeah, I don't really one. remember the science. I just remember. Oh, it was a sperm milkshake. Awesome. It was a sperm milkshake, yeah. which is like just totally unscientific. It's, there's nothing about that that actually works in the scientific world, but they didn't care. They still are going to write this movie. But um, but yeah, I remember it being really funny. Dude, we've got to do, um, we've got to do The Golden Child because I totally watched that this week. Yeah, I, used to watch I watched that it on my birthday, so I've watched it already. So we gotta do it soon before I forget. <laughs> but oh my gosh, that movie was so funny. Yeah, I that one. Funny was. Yeah, he that... is, it's essentially just it's an Eddie Murphy movie. I mean, he yeah, just, it is. He had to have ad libbed like ninety percent of the movie. It was so funny. <laughs> all right, all. It was a lot of fun. Good times, um, everybody. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this one. It was. It was a good one. Adios. Amigo. Hasta la vista.